Welcome back to the Long Distance Work Life, where we help you lead, work, and thrive in remote and hybrid teams. I'm Marissa Eikenberry, a fellow remote worker, and joining me is remote work expert and my co-host, Wayne Trammell. That would be me. Hi. Hi, Wayne. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I am surprisingly at peace with the universe today, but I think we're going to solve that. (laughs) We'll try, right? So depending on when you're listening to this, we're celebrating the first year of the long distance work life. We've been so excited to do this podcast for the last year. And thank you so much for listening to it and giving us your feedback as we go. We decided to celebrate this by talking about pet peeves. And so I asked people that are connected with me on LinkedIn and Twitter about their pet peeves when working remotely. And you guys came out in droves. Thank you so much. So we're going to take a couple of these and talk about them. And I have a feeling that this might be coming up throughout the year as well. So keep sending in your pet peeves and we'll keep talking about them. So Wayne, are you ready? I love to talk about things that annoy people. <laughs> right? I feel Perhaps like I should rephrase that. Uh. (laughs) so i'm gonna start off with some of the ones that i got from twitter so the first one i got was from Haley griffiths and she said for me it's people assuming because i work from home i'm always free for a call and able to do things during the day yep (laughs) i was gonna say i know i've experienced that before a lot less now that um remote work is a little bit more prevalent (laughs) i guess Well, what's happened, I think, is it's the exact same behavior in the office. Remember, in the before times, people would take work home because they can't get anything done in the office, right? Right. Uh, You know, it's you're sitting at your desk and for some reason you're not like heads down sweating at the moment. And so Bob decides, oh, Marissa's not doing anything. I'll just stop by and talk to her. Yeah, or obviously she could go to lunch right now. Yeah, exactly. And and so, but we do that visually, right? And mm-hmm. as I come closer to the desk and you shoot me the dagger look, like, don't you even dare. Right. I can pull 180 and <laughs> go bug somebody else. Yes. The problem when we're working remotely is you literally cannot see what's going on. And so... That's part of it, right, is I need something and my brain goes, well, just ask somebody who knows. And your instinct is to just go there because you can't see if somebody's doing something or not. We just assume that they are. The other thing, and this is particularly true on hybrid teams, is that as a work culture, we still haven't got our brain around flexible time. Mm -hmm we haven't figured out that people who are not in the office may not be on the same clock as people in the office unless they are expressly told that they are. Right. That makes sense. Like you usually say when you're on versus all of us here on the, you know, Midwest East coast, like it's, it's a different time zone for you, even though you still kind of work on the same schedule. But see, that working uh, on the same schedule is actually flexible time for me. That's fair. Yeah, we've talked about that too. Because I'm a morning person and I'm always up and I've usually checked my email by 6, 6, 15 and I'm at my desk by 7. So I'm basically 10 to 5, 10 to 6 Eastern time. And so we're more or less on the same schedule, but I am 
also perfectly capable of if I have to teach a class later in the day or something, I may have a big block of the day that I am unavailable. And I try to be fair because people are kind of assuming what my hours are based on history, right? Right. And if I am changing those, I am pretty good about using Slack notifications and those kinds of things. You know, I'll say things like I have to run out and do an errand, but I have my phone with me. Right. Yeah, or, I've done that I too. don't have my phone with me, right? I mean, I tend to be pretty good about that because I am comfortable with that flexible time. What happens is when we get in the office routine and somebody is on our team, we just assume that they're on the same schedule. And when they're not, it kind of throws us off. Like if I'm at the office, I'm perfectly capable of going for lunch or running an errand on my lunch break. But we get really, really irritated if we suspect that Marissa is making a target run in the middle of the day. Right. Well, and on this line too, and and I'm I'm going to speak for Haley here because I'm pretty sure I know where she was going with this statement. It's not just happening to us within our team either. I know before the pandemic, I had stuff all the time of, oh, well, you work from home. So I'll just call you at 10 o'clock in the morning because, well, we can chat right now. No, I can't. Like I'm working. Um, or you might have a spouse that, you know, oh, well, you can go pick up the groceries real quick, right? No, I cannot. <laughs> And I think that might also be what she's talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a little less of that now. I agree um, with you. Kevin and I Kevin and I have talked about this before that there is a difference between working at home and being at home working. And it's where you put the emphasis on which syllable, right? Right. <laughs> I you know, if I am working I have established boundaries, mm -hmm. right? My bride knows I am at home. She's at home. Mm -hmm. She's living her retired life. I am decidedly not. So I will tell her from 10 till this, I am in a meeting. I cannot be reached. I'm teaching a class from X to X. Do not talk to me. I do not exist. You and the dog fend for yourselves. Right. Absolutely. But that's a communication thing. Yes. <laughs> Have we communicated that? There are plenty of times uh, when I'm, I'm heads down, I'm trying to do something, and, and it's quiet because I'm heads down doing something. Mm -hmm. And she says, well, it's not like you were on the phone, so I figured I could just <laughs> poke right. my head in or run the vacuum cleaner or whatever the annoying noise at the moment is. Mm -hmm. Um so the more you communicate expectations, uh, the better it is. And yes, it can be annoying to have to constantly keep your status updated. But how else are people going to know? Right. Absolutely. And and to your point, like this goes with our team. This goes with our, our kids, our spouses, roommates, whatever happens to be around. I know that uh, one of our other team members, she used to talk about how a friend of hers used to call her occasionally and say, oh, hey, I'm going to run to the mall real quick. Do you want to go? No, I'm working. <laughs> like she doesn't get that as much now that remote work is a lot more prevalent, but that happens to people. Well, it took a while. It, it, it did take a while. And 
you know, we have to remember people are creatures of habit. And for 150 years, we knew what work was and we knew what it wasn't. Right. I know that there were a lot of people that when I started working from home all the time, back when I first got married, I had, you know, cousins and stuff. They didn't understand. So they're like, oh, so you're not really working, right? Like you're, you're just in your pajamas all day. No, like I'm building websites. I'm running tech programs. Like I'm doing stuff. And they didn't understand until 2020 forced them to go home too. The good news is that also applies to our bosses. Yes. And, and what's funny is when the pandemic hit, the people who were most shocked were senior leaders who had fought the most against remote work because we know those weasels would be sitting around watching The View all day and, you know, not getting real work done. And it turned out not even remotely to oh, be right. the truth. Um, I mean, there were individuals, but you walk into any office and there are individuals who are working and individuals who are not, regardless of where their butt happens to be sitting. And that comes down to trust too, like trusting your team to actually get the work done. And there's going to be people that you're not going to be able to trust. So there was this uh, period of adjustment. And I think we kind of got a running start on remote work. Like you said, people didn't really understand it, but now they do. And so there is less of that freaking out. But your original question. Yes. Because I do remember it. I am a <laughs> professional after all. Um, your original question was, especially about hybrid teams, I don't know what somebody else is doing and therefore, A, I'm defaulting to what's useful for me and what's useful for me is I need this conversation right now. Right. <laughs> right. right. Um, and so we need to be really clear, not only about expectations and expectations of those requesting the information or requesting the chance to chat or whatever, but also the empowerment of other people to set those boundaries, to say, no, I can't talk about this, or I can't talk about this now, but I can talk about it at such and such a time. Absolutely. So that we're not just frustrating each other. You know, every time I try to talk to Marissa, her do not disturb is on, and I can't get an answer out of her. Now, fortunately, that is not the case in our case because Marissa is really bad about answering messages even when, when she's I'm not supposed, supposed to, to be doing something else. Yeah, I'm getting better. You are getting better. But also, I'm getting, you know, I figured it out. So I will send you a question and I will put no rush. Or yes. when you get a chance, here's my request. Because there's a very natural human thing, right? You want to be a good teammate. You want to be responsive. Um, you're no longer worried about losing your job because somebody might think you're not working. Right. Right. Uh, you know, we're, we're past that level of paranoia, but you, you know, your natural instinct as a servant leader kind of mindset is to jump at everything and you need to be empowered and you are mm -hmm. to say, no, I can't do that now. I can do that in an hour or right. is tomorrow soon enough. We need to take ownership of that. And our managers and leaders need to empower us and make it explicit. I can't tell you how many leaders I've talked to 
especially in the early days of the pandemic, when people were just putting in insane hours and they weren't watching their work-life balance because they didn't know how. Right. But also they didn't think they could. If my manager sent me an email at seven o'clock at night, by God, I'd better answer that email. I think we and, were and, almost so concerned that people were going to think we weren't working, that we just worked all the time. Absolutely right. We were overcompensating for the fact that they can't see us. And therefore, right, I'm the manager. I go, oh, you know what? I, I should send Marissa this email because it's top of mind right now and I'll just send it and then it's off of my brain, right? Mm -hmm. The problem is I have now planted that firmly in yours and it's sitting there unanswered and there's that Pavlovian reptilian brain part of you that goes must answer or the boss will be mad. Well, and, you know, and, and we've talked about this on other shows and I know we're going to talk about this in a future episode. Like I've tried to be really good about setting boundaries. I don't have email notifications on my phone anymore at all. No red dot, nothing, because I know me, I have FOMO. I have, Oh God, there's this thing and I need to answer it. So I don't have it on there. My Slack if it's in do not disturb mode, I don't see the red dot anymore because that was also a problem. I was in do not disturb. You'd send me a message. I still see a red dot, even if I don't get a notification. And then suddenly I'm answering you at 9 PM. Like this shouldn't happen. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. That's exactly right. And, you know, fortunately, I mean, it helps when you work with the people who literally wrote the book, but <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You know, we better be pretty good at this, right? Uh, but it's been an adjustment and, and to be fair, and we need to be fair about this. It's been a major cultural adjustment. Mm -hmm. It's not like, okay, everybody, you know, just take the notifications off your phone. Yes. That's part of it. If you have that particular challenge, but it's also internally, a lot of what we do to ourselves is internally driven. Right. And then people take their cues from us. Right. Well, and so speaking of cues, I'm going to move on to this next question because I know, you know, we're, we're trying to get at least a couple in here. And so Justine was talking about coworkers who still refuse to use Slack and insist on email for everything. I mean, that's also a culture change when we started moving into Slack and Teams and Instant Messenger and things of that nature. It is a culture change. And what's intriguing is when you ask people why. And usually the reason that they insist on using email is it is an archivable form of information. Okay. And so in their brain, they have a perfectly valid reason for doing this. The problem is that we haven't talked about your I've talked plenty about your inability to get with Slack because I've talked about it with everybody. The person <laughs> I haven't had the conversation with is you. Right. And, and, and that's the thing is why doesn't that dinosaur get with the program? Well, the dinosaur didn't get with the program because their workflow, the way that they have been managing information you know, they've got their folders and they've got this and that. They've got, they know where to find the information when they need it. Mm -hmm. Ah, that's the problem. The problem is finding the information when you need it. Mm -hmm. Is Slack searchable, right? Can you 
instantly go on Teams and know where to find that conversation that we had. Because if I don't remember that it was Thursday and I keep thinking it's Wednesday, I am never going to find the information that I need when I need it. So in some ways, it almost comes down to education in that sense. I'm just showing them how to find the information. Yeah, we've talked about this before. You know, anytime there is a skill gap or a, a behavior challenge, there are three things. Do they know what they're supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And in this case, has your team had a conversation about when do you use Slack, when do you use email, whatever? Right. Okay. Yeah, when to pick up so the phone. Do they know when to do it? Second thing is the skill. Do they know how to do it? Right. And, that's, and then that's the third deal. is attitude, which is can you be bothered? <laughs> that's a totally different ballgame. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's a totally different thing. And very often, we assume, oh, you refuse to get with the program because you're selfish and you just like using your email and you don't care about anybody else. We're assuming that's an attitude thing. I will bet you that it is at least 60% not. Right. Right. I mean, some of it is we like it the way we we like things the way we like them and the way we've always done them. And unless there is a compelling reason to change and you're whining about it is not compelling enough to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. We, to your point earlier, we're creatures of habit. We'll do the things that we've always been trained to do. Yeah. And so we need a give me the reason for the change. Help me make the change. Show me how this is better and reinforce that new behavior. And a lot of times we just don't. Oh, Marissa's just being Marissa. (laughs) Right. Which is not really. I mean, understanding everybody's foibles and preferences is part of being on a team. But Marissa's just being Marissa. And so everybody is rolling their eyes and muttering darkly under their breath when they get off a call. At some point, that's a performance management thing. I know that we're running out of time. But I'm so glad that we were able to get a couple of these pet peeves. Like we said earlier, if you have pet peeves that you want us to talk about, let us know. I have a list here and I'm so excited to get into them. But obviously, it's going to be a while before we get to all of them. If you are somebody whose pet peeve that we select to have on the show, I will let you know. So definitely do that. And thank you so much for listening to the Long Distance Work Life, especially those of you who have been with us from the very beginning. We're so excited to be able to do this every single week. For show notes, transcripts, and other resources, make sure to visit longdistanceworklife.com. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, be sure to like and review. This helps us know what you love about our show. Feel free to contact us via email or LinkedIn with the links in our show notes. Let us know you listened to this episode or suggest a topic or a pet peeve for Wayne and I to tackle in a future episode. And if you'd like to learn more about remote teams, order Wayne and Kevin Eikenberry's new book, The Long Distance Team. You can learn more about the book at longdistanceteambook.com. Thanks for joining us. And as Wayne likes to say, don't let the weasels get you down.